Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Torah Mecha Parsha with the OU Women's Initiative. My name is Shoshana Shechter, and today we will be, study- we will be studying Parsha Bayigash. All right, coming to the end of the story of Yosef here. Quick overview of the Parsha. Perak Mem Dalid. Yehuda approaches Yosef to plead on behalf of Binyamin. I guess we have to take a little bit of a step back. The end of last week's Parsha, Parsha Miketz, ended with probably the greatest uh, cliffhanger in the entire Tanakh, where Binyamin's um, bag was found to contain the coasts that Yosef's people had planted, and he's going to keep Binyamin in Mitzrayim and not allow him to go back and return to his father. So Vayigash begins where Yehuda approaches Yosef to plead on behalf of Binyamin. And the Vayigash, he approaches him. It's a very dramatic, very emotional approach. We'll touch on that a little bit afterwards. Um, that's Parak Memdalit. It's a whole speech that Yehuda gives, playing on the emotions, and not just playing on the emotions, but showing how showing Yosef that he really feels very remorseful, that he and all the brothers feel very remorseful about what happened, that they cannot return back to Canaan without Binyamin. It would kill their father. And of course, Yehuda ends with offering himself in Binyamin's place, that he'll stay and he'll be imprisoned and he'll be a servant to Yosef, a slave to Yosef, but he should allow Binyamin to go back to their father. At that point, Parak Mem, hey, Yosef can't contain himself anymore. I mean, it's so emotional. It's emotional last week's Parsha and it continues really culmination of emotions in this week's Parsha. Yosef is very emotional. He can't contain himself, sends everybody out of the room and reveals who he is. He sends the brothers back to Eretz Canaan to bring their father back with them. Perak Mem Vav, Yaakov is coming back, coming to Mitzrayim now. He can't believe that it's Yosef, that he's still alive. Hashem speaks to Yaakov on his way to Mitzrayim and tells him not to be afraid to go down to Mitzrayim and then Hashem will be with him because of course ya- Yaakov is afraid to go down and you know bring Ben Israel to Mitzrayim and what negative uh, events will ensue and Hashem tells him not to be afraid that this is part of the plan that you know he'll be with him. Um, it then goes through the list of people who went down to Mitzrayim, including Yosef and his family, who's there. It's 70 people. Yehuda went ahead to prepare Goshen, and there's a very emotional reunion between Yaakov and Yosef. And then comes along Mem Zayin, which is the end of the Parsha, where Yosef tells Paro and his family, um, um, that tells Paro that his family came, and Paro welcomes them, and he brings his family to Yaakov. Yaakov blesses Paro. Uh, Yosef then acquires, there's a lot of business going on at the end of the Parsha, Yosef acquires land for Paro in exchange for food. Uh, People come first with their animals because they need food, then they give their land. Um, Paro ends up having, you know, ownership of all the land and all the people. Yosef really uh, helped Paro become even more powerful. Um, Paro, the Parsha ends with B'nai Israel settling in Mitzrayim in Goshen, and it ends with Vayach that they acquired it. They acquired the land of Mitzrayim. They multiplied there. And of course, there's uh, foreshadowing here that this is not a great thing. The only land they should really be acquiring with the, you know, making an achuzah, which implies the achuzat olam, like an acquisition forever, should really only be Eretz Canaan, Eretz Israel. But uh, here it's in the context of Mitzrayim, which is foreshadowing for something negative that it's going to happen. And that's how the Parsha ends. Okay, so now I want to focus on the speech, Yosef's speech, when he reveals himself to his brothers. 
after you know Yehuda's approach when he can't contain himself anymore, and he says, and he sees that the brothers have shown their genuine and complete remorse for what they have done, and they're they've shown evidence that they've that they've you know have felt bad about it, and they changed, and they changed their ways, and they did real tshuva, and they were willing to sacrifice themselves for Benjamin. That's when Yosef reveals his identity, and what does he say? Ani Yosef achichem. I am Yosef, your brother, who you sold, whom you sold into Egyptian slavery, into Egypt. And now, don't be upset, don't be angry with yourselves because you sold me there. Because it was to save life that Hashem sent me ahead of you. It was, God had sent me ahead of you to ensure your survival on earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. And now it wasn't you that sent me down here, but rather it was Hashem. So that's in Perak. Memhei here in this week's Parsha, when Yosef reveals himself, it's a very powerful speech. Now it's interesting because the word shalach has been used throughout the story of Yosef. There's so many. If you think of the one verb that keeps getting repeated throughout the story, it's shalach. You know, yeah, originally um, Yaakov had sent Yosef, you know, sent him shalach. He sent him to go check on his brothers and then his brothers sent him into the pit and then they sent him down to Mitzrayim and then he was sent to Potiphar and then he was sent to Paro and then the brothers were sent, you know, Yaakov sent the brothers to get food in Mitzrayim. There's a lot of sending going on here. And what's interesting in this speech of of Yosef's, um, he starts out, the verb that he starts with is machar selling. And then he shifts over, he changes from the verb machar to the verb shalach. Again, look at the psukim. If you see it in Memhei, he says, Ani Yosef achichem I'm, the, I'm Yosef who you sold. And then, And now, you know, don't be angry with yourselves that you sold me. And then he switches because it was to save a life that Hashem sent me ahead of you. So what we see here is that Yosef starts out using the verb machar, and then he changes it to the verb shalach, from, from the verb machar, which means to sell, and then he changes it to shalach, which means send. And what's happening here is that first, Yosef is identifying himself as the brother who they sold to Egypt. There was debate back in Vayeshev about who actually sold him. You know, according to Rashi, the brothers did. They sold him to the Ishmaelim, who then sold him to Potiphar. According to the Rashbam, the Midianim heard his cries. We didn't even do this whole story, but there's a lot of discussion there that the brothers threw him into the pit, and then the Midianim heard his cries, and they took him out and they sold him. But either way, despite what's going on here, either way, Yosef reminds them here that they're ultimately responsible. And that's why he starts out saying, yeah, you sold me. It doesn't matter who specifically, literally, who is the last person involved, which party was involved. It was your responsibility. It's your, you have to take accountability and responsibility for the, for the fact that you were the reasons I was sold. 
that they're responsible. But then he immediately appeases them and he says, okay, wait. So first of all, it was your fault, but don't be angry with yourselves because you sold me. The machar here is part of the brother's perception, but not the stated fact. And it's as if Yosef is saying to them, you're feeling bad because you sold me, but that's only your perception. In reality, that's not the case. In reality, in the end, even though you were the ones who did it, there was a deeper meaning for it, and there was a reason that it happened. Ultimately, it came from Hashem. That this was not just a sale, but a divine mission. And the two different facets of this event are placed side by side in this speech of Yosef's. You have the superficial action next to the deeper implications that, again, on the surface, it appears to be a sale. But on deeper insight, there's a mission that's revealed here. And that's why the Pasuk then elaborates on this point, that yes, on a superficial level, you sold me and I ended up in Mitzrayim because of your actions. But on a deeper level, there was a reason this happened and this was all part of Hashem's plan. The two phrases explaining the aim of the divine mission is the first one is the lesser purpose of saving lives from starvation, meaning to ensure your survival. He says, you know, don't be upset that you sold me. Ultimately, it was Hashem's purpose in order to save lives to ensure your survival. But then he goes into the second reason that I was sent down to Mitzrayim, which is the greater purpose, which is alluding to the future historic destiny of the Jewish people, which is because he sent me to ensure not just your survival, but to save your lives by a great deliverance. And that's the greater purpose. Yosef's speech here to his brothers reaches a climax as the superficial implications of the events and the developments of the events are peeled away to reveal the inner deeper significance, which is ultimately the atalo atem shalachtemoti ki im halokim, ki halokim. That ultimately, whatever the reason, whether it's a superficial reason or the deeper reason, it was because of Hashem. That the verb machar now disappears. What started now as a criminal deed of kidnapping and selling Yosef is now revealed in its true perspective as part of the divine plan for the Jewish people. Not just saving lives, but furthering the national destiny of B'nai Israel. But in the latter, deeper perspective, it's Hashem, not the brothers who initiated. And that's shown by the contrast of it's not you. Lo atem shalachtem otihena. Ki, but Elohim. Now it's interesting, as a side point, the Rambam in Mordevuchim talks about how every action of ours, um, every action of any, anything that happens in the world has an immediate cause, which ultimately comes from Hashem, but each cause goes back, meaning everything has an immediate cause and an intermediate causes, but every cause ultimately goes back to the first cause, which is Hashem. And sometimes he discusses it in the context of Nevi'im, sometimes leaving out all the intermediate causes and reverting straight back to the first cause, which is attributing things directly to Hashem. So that's why you have sometimes events that are caused by men's free will and even Nature, events that are caused by nature, are sometimes ascribed by the Nevi'im directly to Hashem, since ultimately it all comes from Hashem. It's not going to go into all the different causes that made this happen. It's just going to jump to the first cause, which is Hashem. That each one sees the immediate implications and motivations of his own deeds, and we're constantly carrying out our own set purposes. And sometimes we don't even realize the workings of Hashem and the divine providence of the Hashgacha that's 
leading each person towards her own destiny. And that's the beauty of the story of Yosef, that we see from beginning to end, we see the ultimate purpose and the destiny that, of the Jewish people that Hashem set in motion. And just going back to Vayeshev, just to end, the beginning of the story in Perak Lamed Zayin, Pasuk Yudalad, starts when Yaakov sent Yosef down to meet his brothers. He says, he calls Yosef and he says, um, and this is back in Lamed Zayin, here's that first shalach. He says, your brothers are in Shechem, go, I'm sending you to them. Yosef's response is, he says, I am here. Now, I'm not even going into that, but Hineni has very deep implications. You know, if you look at all the Hinenis in the Torah, it's, I am here and I'm ready to serve you. That's an intense, I am here, as opposed to, oh yeah, dad, what do you want? You know, so there's obviously something much deeper going on than him just going to check on his brothers. And Rashi sees that, because in the next Pasuk, Yosef says, Yaakov says, Vayomerlo, Go check out your brothers and the sheep, Vashiveni Davar, and bring back word to me. And he sends him from the valley of Hebron. And Rashi right away asks, wait one second, what do you mean Me'emek Hebron? Hebron is in a, a mountain, not a valley. Why Emek Hebron? And Rashi says from the word amok, deep, he says that there's something very deep going on here. There's an allusion here to the deeper meaning, the deeper message that Hashem had given to Avram regarding the future gullus of the Jewish people. That on one level, you know, our story begins with the plain factual statement regarding Yaakov sending Yosef down to Hebron to check on his brothers. So on one level, on the superficial level, he's sending him down to Hebron for a short while to check on his brothers. And he has no idea that sending him was really part of the divine scheme of bringing B'nai Israel to Mitzrayim. And ultimately, that's what the, even if Yaakov didn't know that and Yosef didn't know that, the Torah is alluding to that, that on one level, he's sending him down to check on his brothers, but on a deeper level, he's fulfilling the decree of Hashem in Brit Ben Haptarim. Back in Tetvav and Lech Lecha, when Hashem told Avram, He said that your children are going to be slaves in a land that's not theirs. And that's why Yaakov sending Yosef down to Mitzrayim to check on his brothers ends with the words that explain the whole story. Starts with him sending him down to Shechem, but it ends with the words that explain why it all happens. And why did it all happen? It all happened because ultimately... While superficially there's one thing happening on a deeper level, Hashem is making sure this all happens because he's setting Jewish history in motion. And that's what we learn from start to finish. We see from the beginning of Ayeshev to the end of this week's Parsha Vayigash, we see Yad Hashem, that it's all, it all comes back to Hashem. Thank you for learning together with the OU Women's Initiative. Look forward to continuing learning next week.